baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is 5.08 on this Friday afternoon. Laura, I think this is the first Friday I've worked in more than a month. Long time, yes. It's been a long time. It All feels, of December, right? Feels good. I was getting grief from my 18-year-old Seth. Uh, Seth's girlfriend flew in uh, mm. from you know the New York City area yes. to see Seth. And oh, he's home see on Minnesota. Break? He's home okay. on break. Yeah. So she she'd never been to Minnesota. So he goes picks her up at the airport early this morning. Mm-hmm. Then you know uh, they hung out at our house, and so I was asking questions as as I would do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Meeting uh, the young woman. That's and exciting. She, yeah. I, I, what what was it? Oh, so Seth, I just got kind of in my head about like how crazy it is that like my kid has brought home uh, <laughs> someone from New Jersey. You're like you send your kid off to yep. college, and you're like, oh, lot changes, doesn't it? So uh, Seth gives me a hard time about his theory that I only work three hours a day, <laughs> and indeed, like I spent a lot of time talking to the two of them. And I'm in like my pajamas, unshowered. And he's like, I said, well, I I should go. I have to go take a shower and go to work. And he's like, it's 1230. Yeah. He's like, I guess you really only do work three hours a day. Oh, rough. Some days it's it's sort of true, though. (laughs) It's never just three hours. Never just three hours. It's good to be Jason. It's all right. Uh his voice is unmistakable. You know that voice. Mm-hmm. Michael Bolton. Within the last half hour, he posted on his Facebook page that just before the holidays, it was discovered that he had a brain tumor. Oh, no. That required immediate surgery. He says the surgery was a success, but uh, he's got a break, obviously, can't tour. So he's canceled. Uh, he was doing a tour mm. and he's canceled his tour uh, to recover from a brain surgery. But how about that? Wow. Yeah. Michael Bolton is 70. A 70. Really? OK. Which when he was like, you know, the 80s was when he was really rocking. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that would be 40 years ago. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Man, Mike. <laughs> What? Michael Bolton? Don't do that math. It's just depressing. When you do that math, you're like... Well, I agreed with him right away. Was he wrong? No. Because I don't do math. No, but it just is... Oh, he's not wrong. It's just depressing when you you actually do that math. Because then you're like, are we that old? That Like, I remember really enjoying Michael Bolton back in the 80s. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess, yeah, it makes sense he would be 70. I know. We got in a little debate at home this uh, last night, because we were watching the Golden Bachelor. Mm-hmm, the wedding. The wedding, which our own Leslie Fema was in attendance. Was she there? Okay. 
which is pretty cool. Yep. And also super weird, right? Like the whole thing is weird. It is. It's it's next level weird to be at the live TV wedding of the guy who didn't pick you. Yeah. Would you go? I wouldn't be on that show if he paid me a zillion dollars. So no. That's fair. <laughs> um, you have to go, right? Because like, yeah, presumably... or else you look like a big baby. Right. That was the right move for her. I wonder if they paid her to go. Hmm. You would think like the hope of like maybe you get to be the next golden bachelorette, bachelorette. or something. Yes, I bet that's part of the deal. But I would. Uh, Honestly, if she said, I can't, I would 100% respect that. Oh, yeah. That's real emotions. And I mean, it's pretty raw. It's yes. just, Well, I mean, the show is taped, yeah. right? So maybe it's not as recently raw as it feels like as a viewer. Yeah. But it feels so raw. But if they were, if she was truly in love with him, like she right. truly fell in love with him, that doesn't just go away in a couple of weeks or months. No. That's you, hard. Uh, last night I went to Costco, mm-hmm. and uh, lately I feel like I've been going to Costco when it's, like, super busy. It and, has been over the holidays. Right. Yeah. And going to Costco, like, especially, depending on which one you go to, but I live in Maple Grove. I sometimes go to the St. Louis Park one. If you go to the St. Louis Park one and survive, you mm-hmm. are an American hero, mm-hmm. I think. Like, it is crazy. To wow. There. That parking lot is lunacy. I'm so lucky because Chris does all of our Costco shopping. Ah. He just went today, and I rarely have to step foot in there. I went last night, and it's sort of, sometimes you go out, and people are so nice that you wonder if, like, you're be, am I being punked? Is this, like, <laughs> yeah. so, is this a setup for something? What like, happened? Well, first, I, I go in, someone handed me a cart, which yeah. was super nice, and then you go in, and... uh. A guy stops me, and he's like, I just listened to your show. Awesome. Which was very nice. And that he, like, you could tell he was telling the truth mm-hmm. because then he, he brought up the segment we did yesterday about specialty license plates. Okay. And he's like, I agree with you, man. If I see somebody with a ham radio operator license plate, you're like, absolute weirdo alert. <laughs> like, just very funny. The kind of stuff that sticks with people. Rarely do you see someone who listened to your show like that night. Right. So that was fun. Then another lady is like, hey, these light bulbs, like, I'm just like, just random kind of like, hey, these light bulbs are on sale. They're only like $3. For the-. It just everyone just was being you so know. nice. That's great. You're like, what? Do you ever feel that way when people are just uh, sort of randomly being kind? You're like, I'm not used to this. It was very nice. Yes, and a similar thing has happened to me recently in the Skyways where I have noticed people are more smiley. They smile at me when ah, I when I walk by, and, and I yeah. try to do that. I'm trying to be the one who says hi first or smiles first or just mm. is a little bit more pleasant and outgoing because that's hard for me sometimes. Yeah. But I have noticed other people smiling at me as I pass them, and I just think that was that's really cool. It happened again today. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was recording some ads. Our friends from Blue Plate Restaurant Group are going to be back on the air with us soon today. And they are doing something that, that I think is so interesting hmm. at all of like the Adina Grill and the Freehouse and all of their restaurants. They 
decided to just shut down their social media posts for a month. Okay. Because they want to send a message that people, when they're going to their restaurants, that it would be like maybe step away from your phone. Stay off the phone. Like they're not going to turn idea. off their Wi-Fi or any of that stuff. But they're they're trying to model the behavior yes. of like, you know what? If you're going to go to a restaurant and spend, like we know it's not as cheap as it was. Right. But like, don't you want that connection? Yes. I can't. That is one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm in a restaurant and see people all over or surrounding me on their phones. Yeah. There is no reason for it. Why don't you just go have your nice experience? There's nothing worth checking when you're sitting at the dinner table in a beautiful restaurant. It's true. It's true. And I will say, like, my favorite thing about eating out is not really the food. It's the conversation. Yes. It's especially like I love talking to bartenders and servers. Yes. And it's so fun for me when you really connect with somebody. Yes. And I think when I think of like my favorite people in restaurants, often it's it's servers. Like it's people sure. who you're like, oh, I just love being taken care of. I by know. That. And Steph Shimp said that to me. She's like, let us let us take care of you. Yep. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be like it just sort of inspired me to be a little more intentional about. That's good. Because I'm not terrible about being on my phone when we're eating. I'll take my pictures and then put it away. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to be a little more focused on that. Yeah. That's, so, that's a good resolution. It's hard. Like you get, you sort of feel that like, oh, did a kid text me? Did I this? Did I know. I that? I know. It is hard. I sent one kid to Portugal today. Wow. High Sa- school boy? High school boy is going to play soccer. That's great. In Madeira, which is like a little island. Maybe you've heard of the wine, uh, Madeira. Yes. But like that is, uh, that's an island. How exciting. Is this with his club team? Yeah, it's with his club team. That's exciting. It's sort of crazy to like send you, I mean, a friend of ours is the parent responsible for Sam. Yeah. But it's weird to just like drop your kid off and be like, oh. Yeah. We You're, did that with Charlie when he went to Sweden with his club team when he was 15. And that was the first big major, like, he he's overseas before we've even been overseas. So it's great. Oh, wild. Yeah, I know. That's pretty funny. I know. It's great for these kids, right? Like, and obviously not everybody can afford to do it, but you fundraise or whatever. Yep. But as a parent, is there anything better than, like, giving your kid an opportunity that, like, we never would have had growing up. No way. It's fantastic. It's so worth it. It's just rewarding. They appreciate it. They're just at that age where they can express how much they appreciate it, and it's an unforgettable experience. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I sold a lot of pizzas in this radio station (laughs) to fund that trip, I will tell you that. Did you read this nonsense that the former founder of Lululemon said? Have you uh, Mm -hmm. seen any of the controversy? Mm Mm-mm. This guy, Chip Wilson, who sold the he he stepped down as CEO in 2013. So he's no longer actively involved in the brand, but he founded the company. So like when he talks, people are like, oh, founder of Lululemon. He did an interview with Forbes where he sort of was bemoaning that Lululemon is trying to become like the gap, everything to everybody. And I think the definition of a brand is that you're not everything to everybody. Mm. You've got to be clear that you don't want certain customers coming in. Mm. And so you think, 
which customers does he not yeah, want? Yeah, that's not cool. His last comments, uh, his past comments that were controversial. Remember when those leggings were pulled from the market because they were see-through? Yep. He said, he's like, well, like there's nothing really long with the, wrong with the leggings. They just don't work for some women's bodies. Mm. Because basically he said plus-size clothing items are a money loser. Like he doesn't want fat women going to Lululemon. Got he it. thinks it should just be for little hottie fit, fit, fit. hotties. Mm-hmm. It is to me. You're like, I get it if people think that about their brand. Yeah, but today, you're like even even Victoria's Secret, which had like such controversy over uh, over the models that they use. Now, if you go to Victoria's Secret, you see all different shapes, all sizes of, and shapes. Yeah. I think it's okay for your models to be aspirational. Like, I don't need to see a dude who looks like me modeling clothing. Like, I don't really care about that. Mm -hmm. But to act like, oh, we don't want those people. Like, screw you. Yeah, and he, it's not his company anymore. Hmm. So you shouldn't even listen to him. Isn't Isn't that interesting? You're right. And that's what Lululemon said. They're like, this guy hasn't been involved in the company since 2015. Right. So I assume he has some stock. You would think. If you're the Lululemon people, aren't you like, oh, my God. You're hanging well, on to whatever shut you up. can. Oh, yeah. Shut yes. up. Right. That's like, like I'm going to go give some interviews about what they should be doing over at Channel 4. Right. No. I hope wherever he's giving interviews that they're making it clear that he is the founder, but he is no longer with the company yeah. and hasn't been for more than a decade. Very true. Very true. Laura, I know you have a big weekend. I do. So enjoy. Thank you. And we will see you on Monday. And then you're off next week. Right. Very good. See you then. All right. Laura Oaks, everyone. 522 here on the Drive Time with Tarusha. Alec Lewis is going to join us in about uh, 12 minutes. Might be his last appearance on this show this Viking season. We'll see. I always laugh when I see on TV the scenarios for how the Vikings might make the playoffs. <laughs> it's about the same chance that I might be Mr. America coming up. Uh, D-Rush Hour news headlines coming your way. A 13-year-old who beat a video game that I spent a lot of time playing as a young person. An and to library late fees. And TikTok. Boy, it's made me so much more interested in stand-up comedy. We'll talk about that next on CCO. Friday, 527, here on the 5th of January. Drive time with the Russia D-Rush Hour news headlines. And can you name this tune? Oh, my gosh. It just takes me back. I spent a lot of time playing Tetris in the day. I had the handheld uh, Nintendo Game Boy with the... Tetris cartridge in that thing. You may have heard that a 13-year-old from Oklahoma is the first person ever to beat the game. <laughs> yeah. That's about, that's how I would react. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's Willis Gibson rocking back and forth at an office chair in his bedroom in Stillwater, Oklahoma. His screen had frozen his Tetris score read 999999. Nine, 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 nine. 
New York Times with a story of Willis. First person ever to advance so far in the original Nintendo version of the video game. Uh, Previously, it was thought that only AI would be able to execute this. Now, the original Nintendo game Tetris was from 1989. And Willis and a whole generation of Tetris players actually plays it on an old CRT television and the original Nintendo device, which I think is what makes it cool. Right? As God intended. Yeah. Like, if you're playing it on your fancy, like, home-built PC, like, no. Uh, now, for people who don't remember Tetris, the idea is, like, the, the shapes keep coming down on the screen, and you try to keep the blocks from piling up. You rotate them to make a solid line, and then the line's wiped away. He says uh, to the New York Times, it's easy to start off, yet it's really hard to master it, because once you get to a certain level, it comes pouring down. You're like, oh, my gosh, how do you even keep up? Now, you should know that even record breakers still have to do their chores. When the New York Times called to do the interview, Willis had just finished emptying the dishwasher. So, you know, his 39-year-old mother, uh, Karen Cox, said, hey, this this is how it goes. He's got chores to do. He said uh, he's not going to be playing that PS5 anytime soon. I don't really like newer games. He said, this is just like one generation discovered records, right? This generation maybe is discovering the magic and the romance of the original video games. An end to library late fees in another Minnesota county. Dakota County, done with it. Pioneer Press reporter Mariah King reporting about a test program they did last year with young people. And so they removed all the fines on the youth library card. And as a result, more items were checked out, more young people received library cards, and items were returned at about the same rate. So no more overdue fees. If you are blocked for checking out items, you can use the library again. St. Paul did the same thing. In 2019, they unblocked 42,000 library cards. At that time, there were only a couple library systems doing it. Now, pretty widely accepted that this is the correct way to do things. I know it's hard for those of us who are old school rule followers, but if the goal is getting more people to read, this helps achieve that goal. Do you yield to pedestrians when you're driving? Well, many of us think we do, but researchers at the U of M put cameras out and found out what we're actually doing in the Minnesota reformer reporting that drivers only yielded in an unmarked crossing. So think of like an intersection that has no stoplight, but it's still an intersection. Drivers yielded only about 10% of the time. Minnesota law essentially says every corner is a crosswalk, whether it's marked or not. Largest data set of its time. Pretty interesting stuff. Every year, about 50 pedestrians are struck and killed by vehicles in Minnesota. A lot more people injured. So a reminder that if there are pedestrians, you do have to yield. TikTok helping stand-up comedy explode. (laughs) I end up in the middle of stand-up TikTok all the time, and I love it. I love it. Stand-up comedy exploding both on TikTok and Instagram, turning some comics from relative unknowns into headliners. You look at CBS, which just hired 
Uh, Taylor Tomlinson, Dan and I were just talking about her. She will take over as the late, late night show, which is now being called something else. <laughs> uh, social media helped her fan base. One interesting aspect of this story in the Washington Post is you think, like, all right, how do you how do you show videos of your act without giving your whole act away? One way uh, comics are doing it is by showing crowd work. <laughs> that was pretty good the crowd work lets you do it um very very interesting if you remember the heyday of stand-up comedy and those comics really got their boost by being on with johnny on the tonight show now they're doing it themselves they're hiring teams to help produce these videos pretty interesting 533 let's do traffic and weather and then alec lewis will talk about what might be the final vikings game of the season next here on ccf baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Week 18, Vikings-Lions. Can you feel the excitement, the buzz, the energy? It's always a sad point at the end of the season when your question as a fan base is whether it's better for you to win or to lose your final game. Alec Lewis, who has been so nice to join us throughout this season from The Athletic, is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Alec, it kind of stinks, doesn't it? This isn't the sort of debate you want on the last week. <laughs> uh, no, thanks for having me, Jason, as always. Um, no, I mean, it's no. if you're a fan of this football team, it's probably not preferable. It's not the preference to be talking about maybe losing and how that could help you moving forward. But, um, yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride. Justin Jefferson, that's how I felt. And then Justin Jefferson said that's how he felt this week. So I'll probably just lean on him. And, um, I mean, between uh, among the quarterback situation, all the injuries, the turnovers to start, um, just the ups and downs, and then Sunday night's disaster. Yeah, it's been, it has been something. And, uh, I think I'm just going to have to get used to the fact that this is probably how it's going to be in this city with this team. Forever? I mean, I, is there anything? <laughs> I, I, like, I, I mean, I, it's probably I, true. It's probably true. You know, when I got here and last year happened and it was crazy, I'm like, you know what? Maybe it can be me. Maybe what I can yeah, do something right. to change this. But then I just realized that I'm just a writer. So I don't really no. matter at all. So, um, yeah, no, I, I will see if it's forever, but, um, it is, it is tell. true that last year felt like magic. Like we were playing with fire all year, but it kept ending up on in our favor until the playoffs. And you thought, well, let's see what happens this year. I, I, I don't think anybody could have predicted most of the things that happened. Like for a while, it was looking like we were cooking. And then injury, the the Dobbs kind of amazing game, and then the fall from grace. It's just been so bizarre. Yeah, and so what I, I, I mean, if I am a storyteller, right, I'm a fiction writer and I'm writing this season – you know the way I'm ending this thing, and again, I'm a non—I'm really a nonfiction writer. But if I'm a fiction writer, I'm ending this thing 
where Josh Dobbs is the backup quarterback this Sunday against the Lions, and something happens to where he has to come in this game against the Lions, and he ends up winning this game, and then somehow the other teams that the Vikings need to lose lose, they make it in the playoffs, and this Josh Dobbs rides away into the sunset. No, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, uh, I, I don't, I, I probably sound crazy. Yeah, and that's look, what even watch, even from seventeen weeks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nonfiction. No one's going to buy that. Just amazing. Alec Lewis with the Athletic has written a package of very uh, interesting stories as usual this week, talking about what positions the Vikings most need help in the off season. Not that obviously Sundays. You know, I, I always look at this, Alec, and think, all right, if they – do you want to intentionally lose? I don't think so. I don't know that one loss – I mean, how much of a difference will will it really potentially make in the draft? You could go potentially from their projected pick right now at number 12, and if things were to fall your way from a losing perspective, you could be picking like ninth or eighth, which is – I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a fine jump, but yeah, these. Is I mean, that, yeah. Is that something? You. I don't know. It's it could be, it could not. Like who knows, right? I would say it's not nothing, but I would also say that you're dealing with with. Oh, what happened? What happened to Alec? That was amazing. Game that you're going to put on film, and potential employers are going to be looking at. So it's you're not going to get any intentionality to lose from anybody in that building for as much as some fans might want it. Right? No, the idea of throwing again. You sort of disappeared on us for a second there, Alec. You you chopped back in. I think we got the I'm idea. Back. Yeah, it's I'm back. Good. Just a quick injury. Back. Yep. Back healthy. <laughs> uh what are the big question marks that you're looking at when you look at this team going forward? Obviously, the quarterback position is a key question that fans are focused on. Yeah, it starts with that position because it's the most important position in sports. And it's obviously a gigantic question in terms of will the Vikings be able to, uh, to sign Kirk Cousins long term? Um, it's a question that we will talk about for the next few months. Everything I know is that Kirk really wants to be here, and it's an easy thing to know that, but the reality is there is a decision that he's going to have to make. Like, how much do you really want to be here? And that decision is going to be tangentially related to what other teams are going to be willing to offer him, both from a monetary standpoint, I mean, really from a monetary standpoint, but also from a a living and and what that team provides. There's just a lot of questions, and ultimately I, I do think as most things in life do it'll probably come back to the money and then besides quarterback uh i mean this team has it has a lot of holes i mean you go i i went through the roster and i was shaking my head a little bit i mean defensive line edge rusher cornerback linebacker left guard running back wide receiver three and you probably are starting to say what are you talking about but you're talking <laughs> yeah. about this team being a real contender i mean there's just a lot of holes and you only have so much money and so many draft picks. So it is a steep road that puts a lot of attention as it should and pressure probably on the decision makers for these next three months. Because, I mean, I, I truly believe it's that important um, that things go well over this stretch to be able to put themselves in, in the optimal spot of, of having a chance. Alec Lewis is with us. Alec, how do we judge uh, the general manager? How do we judge Quasi Adolfo Mensa? 
who was supposed to be sort of the, you know, the Stanford guy, the the data guy, but also looked at feel, um, you know, we're only two seasons in, but I don't know, how many seasons do you get someone? Because if you look at this season, there, I don't know if you can judge with all the injuries, but the lack of depth and all of that, I think there there are things you can fairly judge. Yeah, it's a great question, and it's something that I've thought thought a lot about. And I, I mean, first, I would say I don't. I mean, I don't ever really want to tell people how to feel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, right. People have their come at it from their own perspective. What I try to do, I guess, and what I've tried to do this week specifically, is 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 look at things not from hindsight, not from the hindsight perspective, not from recency bias, just in general. And I mean, honestly, I I, I dug a lot into just his first two drafts and a lot of people have a lot of opinions on it and and the decision to trade down which was one of his first big decisions as gm in 2022 and how that played out and the players they 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 did not draft etc and i tried to look at it from like i mean if you look at any research slash study that has ever been done on the draft I mean, it is, it, you're playing an odds game for as much as I think fans and media and even the people inside the building believe strong-mindedly that, that, that their opinion on a certain player is going to come to fruition. Like, the reality is the odds and the chance is very low for that thing that you, that you might think could happen to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of speaking in circles, but the reality is the draft is – like playing blackjack for better or I mean sure, black yeah. or better term. I mean you are you are making predictions based on the future with the odds stacked against you. And so with that being said, um for as much as that's the case, to be able to put a championship team together with Quasi's ultimate job, um, you have to hit on the draft. So again, like process and and the way to evaluate them, you, you I mean you can give as much grace as possible, but the reality is like as as random as it may be, you got to hit. And right now, uh, be, besides Jordan Addison, who was the first round pick this past year, and maybe a couple others, it's just hard to to really, I think, lean on or put your finger on a lot of the hits, which is makes again this cycle that much more important. Alec Lewis with us from the Athletic. Uh, are you in Detroit right now? Will you be in Detroit on Sunday? Not in Detroit at the moment. Uh, I will be. I fly out uh, pretty early in the morning. I want to get to D- Detroit in January, early January, as early as possible. You know, <laughs> as much time as you can yeah. spend. Um, it's the glamour you know, of your yeah. job, the glitz and glamour. Right. It's very appealing. Right. Very appealing. Right. Yeah. Working Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, and then spending early January in Detroit is something that you you really dream of when you're young. Alex, seeing as the Vikings are taking on the Lions, is the team going through any extra drills on uh, offensive linemen reporting as eligible? This mm, yeah. <laughs> Very fair question. Uh, it's a great question. The Vikings haven't done a ton of um, that in terms of extra offensive linemen. Right? They haven't gotten that creative, which is, I mean, honestly, selfishly, it's Fine, because then I don't have to sort through an absolute yeah. mess of a of a situation. <laughs> but uh, from what I've seen in practice, I'm not expecting the referee crew to have to um, not be tricked. What yeah. happens? But I, I, yeah, that was that. It was something. Um, and the Vikings <laughs> games are crazy, but that was that was really something.
Well, I've got my calendar marked. I for sure will be there for every two uh, to three hours of exciting Week 18 football tomorrow. I'll tell you that much. Well, I, I, that's great to hear, and I wish we could talk more about your fantasy team, but I guess that's over, yeah. so we're not we're, I no, mean, Thank I, you I, for bringing it up, because I feel like uh, we gotta go. I Come was on, led no, to believe that if you win your fantasy football league, which I did, that it would be like a life-changing moment, that something exciting would happen. Hey, look at the time. So you won. I won. Tom Pelissero, NFL insider, can suck it. Because I beat him. That's pretty impressive. A lot of respect for Tom. He knows a lot. Yeah. So the fact that you could, the fact that you could, um, really. I mean, that's, I you don't. You might not even need me anymore. You just give your yeah. own. I mean, opinion. Yeah. You're you're the expert. I, I don't know if I've ever not come in last place in a fantasy league, which is a great thing to tell an audience that you want to get to read your analysis. But. Yeah. Oh, we appreciate it. Alec, thank you. Enjoy Detroit. Alec Lewis, very thankful that he's with us here on CCO. Back in a minute. Check out our podcast. Got some spare time of the weekend. You can check out To Russia Eats. We just dropped a new episode there. Interviews with chefs, restaurant owners. Uh, our regular show podcast, just Drive Time with To Russia. Great interview at 3.30 with Josh Liljenquist, who is a viral a TikToker, Instagrammer, a very emotional 26-year-old dude buying stuff at restaurants and handing that food out to homeless people. Good interview with him uh, in our first hour today, so check that out. Hey, Steve Thompson, our friend Stevie T, has a big show tomorrow from 3 to 6. Uh, Jess Myers will join him, talking about the World Juniors coming to Minnesota. Bob Nightingale talking about baseball. So check out Steve Thompson while you're driving around or hanging around the house, 3 to 6. Henry Lake is in the house. Henry's up next. Dan, we made it through a Friday. We both came to work. How about that? Henry was like, I didn't even know you worked on Fridays. It's astonishing. I thought that this was taped, to be honest with you. (laughs) To see you in the flesh, I'm shocked. I'm here. See you on Monday. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.